at that time, I decided to undergo an experimental chemotherapy because in essence, it was a terminal illness. They were like, you got two months to live at most if you don't do something. Um, I was treated in pediatric oncology and uh, that ro you know, rocked my life, right? Hello, this is Dr. Eugene K. Choi, and you are listening to the Neurohacking Podcast. If you're a heart-driven leader, then this podcast will show you the proven science-based ways to tap into your unique superpowers. That way, you develop the skills to perform and feel at your best. And believe it or not, the only reason you get stuck and get uninspired and unmotivated is because your brain's been programmed to behave that way. And I started this podcast to show you how to rewire those parts of your brain that aren't serving you so that you can learn the skills to activate your highest levels of performance, get your energy back, and find the clarity you need right now on how to powerfully create that life that you alone were meant to live, all using science. You are listening to episode eight, and this is my interview with two-time cancer survivor turned award-winning musician, Jay Jin. Hey Jay, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I remember um, the first time I heard about you, my friend Eddie, he was just like, dude, you gotta like hear this guy sing. And I was listening to the track and I was just like, holy crap, like this guy is freaking amazing. And I had no idea you are Asian. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, and I, I was just like, I knew I had to connect with you. And that was the first time I met you. And ever since then, it's been just such an amazing and, you know, to follow your journey and everything that you've been doing and how committed you are to being able to, you know, create work that makes, you know, really strong, positive impact. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get started. I'd love to hear a little bit about what did life look like for you growing up? Can you paint the picture for us? Yeah, yeah. Um, came to America when I was young. Um, my mother uh, brought me in her arms and... Uh, I grew up uh, just with her, and uh, she worked numerous jobs to raise me and give me a better chance at life. And uh, I've always uh, kind of worked hard under that that mentality. Mm. You know, she was almost like this when she had time to be a tiger mother. She had to be, and then you know, in other ways, uh, just kind of roll with the punches. You know, we didn't grow up with much, but I think one thing I'm certain of is that I grew up with a lot of love. Um, and so I know that I'm very fortunate to have that. Um, and then, you know, second half of my life, you know, I ended up uh, having a stepfather enter uh, my life and mother got remarried. And um, that's been amazing. You know, I consider him my real father. And so um, two very different perspectives in growing up, but um, it's molded me and given me an opportunity to have kind of a unique perspective on life and approach to life in different ways and being able to roll with the punches uh it's been good so what were you like as a kid man i you know i, I was actually always a troublemaker <laughs> i think uh, <laughs> i um i think i got in trouble a lot at school and at some point i think it was because of this idea like i was always very creative i know from a young age i was um you know music moved me immensely i remember you know listening to cassette tapes and things and just uh, I remember the first time I heard uh, uh, A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. 
Um, I just I was like weeping and I don't know why I think I was like five years old at the time um, and I loved all music I loved classical I loved you know Beatles I loved rock I loved you know Prince I loved Michael Jackson I loved all of that music and so that influenced me were you doing music in high school or I was not I was not um, I've always loved music but I didn't think about doing music I never took lessons growing up I never you know played um instruments and bands or anything like that um and then in college was when i really started to kind of sing in front of people and so i actually did uh because at the time in college it was acapella was the big thing all right and so i got to 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 school and realized that uh there our 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 co-ed group was one of the top in the nation uh, we had just gotten onto a thing called boca um, best of college acapella it's almost like the you know, the compilation of the top acapella groups at the time. And so um, on that CD, actually, uh, Sarah Burrellis was on there. Uh, she was in UCLA, uh, her group. And so, uh, and we we competed against um, UPenn at the time. John Legend was on and all this stuff. So I kind of auditioned on a whim. And I don't think I got in necessarily because of my singing. But at the time, I was, you know, pres uh, class president for student council. And I was just really social. So I loved, like, going in and, you know, this the experience of, of auditioning was fun. Loved everybody there. And so, um, you know, I, I had fun. You know, I chose songs that really just showcased me having a great time. Um, and then, yeah, ended up being a part of that group for a year. We toured, we went performing, competing, all of that, and did that for a year. And that was the first time where I really like sang in front of people, which was cool. This is one of Jajan's songs, 1111, and it has over 2 million plus streams on the internet. And you know, it's not just his voice that's been extremely inspiring for me. It's because of the story he's lived and what he's been through and what he's overcome. In high school, I actually, even before then, one of my objectives was to go to the United States Military Academy. So West Point was my goal. And I actually ended up being on that path. So I got, I did my physical bio like my freshman year of high school, got a congressional nomination lined up. I had Senate backing, all this stuff. And then junior year of high school, I was in basketball tryouts and I ended up um, coming home and I had like petechiae like bleeding under the skin all over my body and then I realized something was wrong um, so um, that week was kind of crazy because I ended up having like a nosebleed that just wasn't stopping for like a few days and then I was in class and I would like walk up the stairs and felt like I ran a mile I kept like not like passing out in class finally this I got this temperature I had like 104 degree temperature for like a few days and that's when they uh, we went into the hospital um, and they did a CBC and then they rushed me into the hospital. And from that point, they were trying to diagnose me and uh, realized that I had, um, you know, my the stuff in, in, in my body had shut down my blood system. And so from there, they diagnosed me with a very rare uh, illness and 
um, at that time, I decided to undergo an experimental chemotherapy because in essence, it was a terminal illness. They were like, you got two months to live at most if you don't do something. Um, and so I uh, went into an experimental chemotherapy. Um, I was treated in pediatric oncology and uh, that ro you know rocked my life, right? Like I missed my entire junior year of high school. I was in the hospital for nearly four months. And uh, um, even after coming out, it was just crazy because I had to you know had to be at home like recover do all that but even like surviving was crazy because they actually I, was, I think I was the seventh patient in history to try that particular treatment and uh, it was just uh, crazy um, I ended up getting out which was in essence a miracle and senior year came in at that time I was notified uh, by West Point um, you know they they just they disqualify for colorblindness so um, I was, yeah, in essence, not able to follow that path, which wrecked me in a lot of ways. But at the time, you know, everything's just going at like 700 miles an hour. And so you just learn to roll with the punches and go. Somber silence cuts so deep beside machines that never sleep to dream. I can't decide a sweat or shiver. But I come alive as I let go Our scars collide as only you could show You know, I, I will say um, the reason why uh, young kids in pediatric oncology have a higher rate of, of survival is because you have this mentality of like, fix me so I can go outside and play. And so there's a there's a difference. You know, I know you have young kids and it's kind of like that. For me, it was weird. I was on this cusp, right? Because I was 17 and I was just like, man, I'm going to die. Like what? <laughs> I didn't get to do a lot of things I wanted to do. I didn't get to do this. I didn't get to do that. But then you're still young and you still want to just be like, look, I need to just fight you know, from, from my parents, from me, and I need y'all to like fix me so I can go back outside and play, you know? And so there's that mentality that helps. I think like when you're older and you've known failure, um, the experience itself is very hard. There's different types of chemotherapy and I've um, slowly been, um, you know, a lot of it is cloudy. I've tried to cloud it out, but um, the experience was very dehumanizing for me. There were elements of uh, my experience that were just very hard and um, I don't put myself there. I didn't let very many people visit because it was a dehumanizing experience of just, it's not pretty. It's quite messy. And um, and so uh, that is an element that I'm trying to be more open about sharing and being vulnerable about it because I think there are a lot of people that are going through these things, right? And And it's weird because as I've been on this music journey, I get a lot of private messages and there are a lot of people too that are going through some of these things experiences but privately you know i don't know why whether it's the stigma whether they just don't want the pity they don't want this they don't want that but there are a lot of people that are going through things like this like alone which is also heartbreaking but i think um i understand it in my mind i have this like huge palace of of you know good the bad and the ugly right and 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 things that go through your mind and it, it impacts everything when you have um a shorter life expectancy or different things like that that factor into the equation it changes how you date it changes how you um, look at retirement plans you know or even vocation 
changes why and that was the reason why I left you know graduate school and and, and the, the career path stability comfort all of that well yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this um, but you know as a clinical pharmacist I actually did um, a good amount of work in the pediatric oncology unit wow. and um, you know I had to make those chemos yep. for the kids yeah and you know it's interesting that you bring that up where like at a younger age you're not as grasping the fact of like the morbidness of the situation yeah. Yeah. i remember like the way that nurses would like give these kids meds some of these kids were like four or five years old with leukemia and it was like a game for them mm-hmm. it's like do you want to take the the red color pill first or do you want to yeah. take the white color pill oh yeah, first? yeah. Right? And, and some of them like, were like oh. horse pills <laughs> yeah and they're like oh i want to yeah. take the red one and i don't know there's something about it where it's just like yeah it's super heartbreaking and it makes you very jaded that like children have to go through this mm-hmm. and it sounded like for you you were at an age where you weren't as oblivious to what mm-hmm. was going on mm-hmm. you had a part of you that was just like new like okay mm-hmm. like this is what's happening yeah I, I feel very blessed that that timing you know i, I do believe that timing was perfect because being 17 you know you're not quite an adult but you you can still talk through things and be aware and it was funny because i i had such amazing nurses like I remember like for the night shift, some of the nurses would like fight over having me because sometimes I would just stay up and like have these like amazing philosophical conversations. I mean, it wasn't philosophy, but it was it was different in that realm that you could connect and in a place, in a situation of suffering, you can still find avenues to, I don't know, just just live life. And so, yeah, I've got like stories upon stories of just like these amazing people that I've been able to cross paths with um, through being sick and still stay in touch with different people. I've gotten, you know, a lot of like second moms, you know, through, you know, some of the best nurses that I've had and that have retired since and all that. But yeah, I think the human spirit is very strong, you know, and it's um, resilient and, you know, people, you know, obviously are given certain amounts of of, uh, things that they do. And um, I do believe that I was um, prepared in essence, in a way up to that point in my life to be able to, just take out a little bit more out and, you know, push through. So it was good, you know? Yeah. So what was going on in your mind? You were with other patients that were not making it and you got to the point where it's just like, I made it through. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't think too much about it. I just, you know, it was just one of those things. You just, you take it a day at a time. And it's like, that's, that's worked out as a, as a good approach to everything in life after you know and you know that was just the first you know and like you know the first time and so um yeah it was a day-by-day thing i didn't really think too much i just tried to be in the moment of stuff and focus on the good things and focus on the silver linings and the good people and the good days yeah yeah so you got out of it started on this path bring us through that journey you went through college yeah yeah so i was in college and um you know you get the second chance at life so you live the crap out of life you know so i did everything and anything that even things i had never done before and i i don't mean like party hard i meant more like you know i like you know walked under the like club lacrosse team to learn lacrosse and i had my buddy teach me on the field like and um you know i'd never done student council but i like loved people and you know people were just like you should just you know run and i was like all right you know and like different things i like join different stuff i uh you know and just try to live every day you know like really really intentionally and fully and so that was great then i'm on this cloud nine um you know doing all this and then uh junior year i get you know basically blindsided um i ended up relapsing so i got sick a second time this is gonna this is five years after the first time and i basically 
did the same experimental chemotherapy a second time. I think I was the second patient in history to try it a second time. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's different. It's, uh, you know, more than like the experience, I think um, it was what happened after, like when I did make it. Because going into it, I actually thought, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm done for. Because it was a miracle that I beat it the first time. And like that's why like ABC did a story on me when my freshman year of college and all this stuff. Um, but the second time, it was almost like they were like, yeah, you need to prepare some things, get some things in order. I signed a living will. I signed all that stuff. I signed a lot of paperwork, you know, related to that. And I went in like I had like a, a quote unquote last supper with some of my closest friends and people from, you know, my community. And um, it was odd. Two months in, something just happened and I um, started to get better. Um, I had probably had a lot of people praying for me and it was great. And I ended up getting out and it was weird because I... I think while I was going through, I had made peace with, you know, you know, whatever God wills, then I'm, you know, it is what it is. But when I got out, it was crazy because it does change a lot of things because when you beat something the first time, you're like, oh man, thank God. And I can live my life. When you relapse and beat it, you're like, whew, that was a close call. But then you're also like, oh man, it could happen again. I could relapse again. And enough things happened after in the, in within the year or two after I got out the second time that really kind of put that into my mind, you know, because I, I got, I had two other things happen. I had a, another cancer, like a tumor removed from my head. Like I had all these things happen, the system in my body shut down. And I went through these seasons, like in the years that followed that were very dark, you know, and, you know, I had a system in my body shut down. So I went through four months of just extreme depression and uh, struggled with suicide, struggled with these, I think things like depression, they don't, it doesn't care about, you know, you know, who you are or what you believe, you know? And so um, anyways, it changed a lot of things for me, as I said, uh, my perspective in, in life and um, how the life ahead looked. And so, um, but I think overall it did give me the perspective. And since that point, obviously a lot has happened even right. since then. Um, but it's created this foundational, I guess, this foundation <laughs> to continue to move forward, you know, for the days that I have to live them out. And uh, and I don't think about morbid. I don't think about dying. I don't think about all that. I'm like very at peace. The same way before I went in the last uh, treatment, I'm like, you know what? Just do the best that you can day by day. And what will happen will happen. You know, God knows when I came into this earth. God knows when I'm going to leave. And, you know, what, what what's the point in, in worrying about that? Times I feel like giving up Despite an overflowing cup But when it rains it pours inside my heart I'm okay, I try today to be strong Just thought that I should tell you that I do believe that, you know, a lot of all of my music has to have this redemptive element or even challenge people to think from a different perspective about things like whether it's love, whether it's about mortality, whether it's about suffering. And um, and I think that turning point came when I just realized, you know what, I, I have something that I need to share with the world, you know, and it's probably going to be through my art, through my music. Um, it's probably going to be through something like that that moves me immensely. And you know, I love people, you know, and I realize there's a lot of beauty out there. There's a lot of people. And and I'm not talking about just like 
all these like pleasant, beautiful people because actually there's a lot of broken people out there. That's what I'm learning each and every day and everywhere I travel. Um, but you garner something from it. There's a silver lining in every interaction that you have with people. Um, and sadly, most people are not open to creating that avenue of connecting you know because we're all busy we're all trying to do our thing we have day jobs we have this we have that and everybody's just busy trying to get through the day Um, but when you stop and just like take the time to be intentional and like just wonder you know like most people don't know the majority of my story you know they just assume a lot of things so you learn you learn to just kind of meet people where they're at and just do your thing yeah thanks for sharing that um would you mind sharing a little bit about um you know, there's like statistics out there that like majority of businesses fail, all that kind of stuff. So meaning bottom line is it's really tough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's plenty of people who go into this leap of faith and then hit a brick wall Mm -hmm. and get blindsided on how hard it can be. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about the challenges you went through throughout your journey in the beginning as you decided to do that? Absolutely. And this is, this is, um, this is going to be the case even moving forward. I think when you try to do something like, um, pursuing your passions or, or even like entrepreneurship or whatever it is, business in general, it's not a majority of like, if your business is legit, or if there if it's on the line to success, you're gonna fail 100%, you're gonna fail. And whether I don't mean fail as in like completely fail, but just there will be so many failures that you have to go through. And, and I always say this because people see my social media, and they're like, Oh, man, you're, you're going to the Grammys, you got this award, you got that. And I'm just like, yeah, but every one thing I get to share with you guys, like that means I just like spent like 30 to 40 rejections and failures and things that didn't go my way. You know, I've had so many no's and I've had so many uh, rejections and I've had so many things not go the way that I wanted. And I think it's it's very important because you need to just know and fully believe either whether it's your product or your own self or whatever it is or your team and create a team that can continue to push you to believe in that. And you just go, you just keep going because I think if you know it, you know it deep inside, then you just gotta pursue it, you gotta do it. And what's also really beautiful is that um, the day to day, right? Cause like you take it a day at a time, your day is very beautiful when you can go all in because it also attracts the right people and attracts other opportunities. If I go This cover that you're hearing Jay Jin singing right now of Sam Cooke's song, Nothing Can Change This Love, went viral online. And it's interesting because one opportunity just led to the other. There was no formula to it. And as he just kept moving forward, things just kept happening. The next thing that happened too was eventually he got a part in the hit Netflix show, House of Cards. This is him singing in one of the episodes on the second season. I'm so you know, there's a power in committing to something that's meaningful for you. And it gives you that energy to just keep moving forward, even though things don't always go the way you'd want or expect. Like this time that Jaejun got to compete on the NBC TV show, The Voice. I don't know about you, but I thought Jaejun killed it in this episode. But unfortunately, he wasn't chosen by one of the judges. But here's the thing to think about. 
Think about the amount of compounding interest his exposure has gotten because of that viral video, the time that he was on Netflix, the time that he was on The Voice, and the 160 plus cities he's performed in over the years. His music and his voice has touched the hearts of millions and millions of people. This is what happens when you have clarity around what is meaningful to you and what you're committing to. You just keep on going. And the success just builds up over time more and more. I've been thinking about all the little things we didn't get to say or do. doing all the work that needs to get results and you do get these successes you know you got to be on house of cards for a brief appearance you got to you're getting approached by people like russell simmons and pat monahan from train how has that felt for you and what keeps you going you know it's weird because even being in la and being able to meet or be in rooms with different people and meet quote-unquote famous people um i feel very lucky because I, I don't think I'm ever I'm never really um starstruck um and I'm never really swayed necessarily because even with some of these uh people that I've been able to meet and and uh labels and organizations um I just kind of go with it you know and it's it's one of those things where like initially it was like whoa this is pretty cool but then pretty soon you realize you're like look there is no one panacea there is no one person or thing that will make everything amazing you know what i mean you have to really come to understand that before and i'm not i didn't come to la or go into music or acting to find my identity it's set you know um for me you know faith has everything to do with that and and so i i, I it's set um and and that same approach goes with people you know like i i do i think to answer your question i'm i just stay grateful like with everything, I, I, I try really hard to remind myself to be grateful. When people express things, then stay grateful. It was actually really interesting. I had a show in Koreatown, um, LA, um, and it was great. It was amazing, great crowd. And, you know, I think I did a decent job. But it was funny because this one artist came up afterwards, this other, like, he, he didn't perform that night. But he actually came up and was like... Um, Hey man, like really loved your songwriting on on that like second song, but man, like the tempo, you know, like man, that thing was just like tempo was like crap, man. I think you need to do this, do this, because like otherwise, like it just you know whatever. And it, and 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 I actually like I stopped and I was just like, that's that's pretty awesome. Like that's ballsy of this guy to just be like, yo, that tempo was crap, or like to criticize. But then I was just like you know what? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, man. That that really means a lot. And then, you know, you move forward because it's kind of like this idea, like, because there were plenty, plenty of the rest of the room that's just like saying the same stuff, right? Like, which you stay grateful for. Like, oh my gosh, great job, great voice, great song, whatever it is, and you, you take it. You take it, stay grateful, and then let it go. Same thing with the criticism. You take it, you learn what you need to do to learn from it and apply what you need to apply. Some people will come in and support you in your journey. Others will be there for a second. Um, and that's that's kind of life, right? So what what's been keeping you going? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a lot of good people, I think. Because you know what I mean. Like you do music, you go to a show, and there's like this amazing musician, and they impress you. Great. 
There's a lot of talented people, right? So if you do a great performance, that's great. They're going to applaud and you're going to get that applaud. But the very next week, they're going to forget what you wore, forget what songs you sang, maybe even forgot how you looked. But again, I keep saying this, they're not going to forget how you made them feel. And that's something where all my life experiences and everything related to suffering and all these things gives me something. And and I've been hearing it more and more, right? People that are just like, dude, like, you know, you're, you, you, like even Friday, like one of my best friends came out and he was just like, you know, you could see it, like you, you move people. And, and, um, and it was funny cause it was about like 150 people in that room, but this one uh, person came up and like had tears in her eyes and shared something very, um, you know, vulnerable, um, related to what she was going through. And I just kind of was like, this is why I do it. You know, you reach at least one person and it's funny because your business side is like, yeah, sure, you reach one person, but like you got to make some dough, man, just because you reach one person and they pay buy a one a ten dollar album or twenty dollar album, is that that's not going to put food on the table or make like, give you the chance to keep doing this. So it is hard. So your initial question is like, you know, how does how do you keep going? I think it's to kind of take yourself out of yourself. Your I don't know, take take yeah take yourself out of your mind, um, and also surround yourself with good people passionate people that can really just kind of keep you going on your journey um you know give you the the constructive criticism tell you the things you don't want to hear because you need that but you also need to um have those people that can push you and encourage you and uh, it's hard when you're traveling nonstop to like build a community that's consistent but it's all in the ask you know i i ask some of my close buddies to just like check in on me like you know schedule calls every week and you know, just, you know, and, and that's important, you know, and I've also come across strangers, amazing people that have said the most like perfect things that I needed to hear to keep going. Uh, I get random, just even globally, I've been able to, you know, tour in different places like Korea, Singapore, London, Paris, and um, they're in different time zones. So sometimes maybe in, in the dead of night, right? It's like 2 a.m. and you're like struggling with, you know, depression, you want to quit. Um, you know, sometimes not just the journey, just life in general. Um, and then suddenly you get this like message and they're just like, oh, I was listening to this and man, it really encouraged me. And you're just like, all right, I got to keep going. So it's, it's, it's not like, um, it's not so obvious, but um, you just, you just have to kind of plant the seeds and hope that they, they bloom at the right time, I guess, yeah. in different ways. And so I think I've been very fortunate with that. I wow. think somebody's looking out for me. Yeah. You know, like a couple of things have been sparking in my head now as, as you shared that. I'm noticing like this theme across people I've interviewed in the past and spoke with in the past. For example, there was one lady I interviewed back in uh, Thailand. Um, she was running an orphanage um, for kids who were either had or affected by the AIDS virus. Mm. And she actually had cancer as well. And during the interview, she said something to me like, you know, I'm grateful for cancer. And I was just like, what are you talking about? It's like... I know now what it feels like to have like a death sentence looming over your head. Mm. And it's given me such a deeper level of understanding for these kids that I'm working with. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm. And that's what keeps her going. Similar thing, I interviewed um, Teddy Z. He's the producer mm. of, you know, Hitch, um, yeah, Pursuit yeah. of Happiness, yeah. um, and a lot of other great films. And I remember asking him, like, how did, like, what got you to where you are today? And he was just like growing up poor. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like growing up poor helped him realize how grateful he is he spends 
like he says his friends still rag on him for trying to like save a dollar <laughs> yeah, yeah he's just like why wouldn't i do that i am yeah. so grateful at all the work behind that got me to where i am all the hard work behind what his parents did for him even though they weren't the greatest parents per se mm-hmm. but that gratitude has gotten him to really just perform at his best and bring out his best and i'm hearing a similar thing from you as well you're still grateful for what you have and it keeps you going and in turn you're able to make the impact that you were make, meant to make on people because you're not chasing after the wrong things yeah like how has that been for you like yeah and you know i think i and even impact is such a, an interesting word because everybody talks about roi right return on investment the impact made um for me you know i do i've come to this place where what it's what's made this journey easier is knowing that most likely the majority of impact i may not ever see or feel or know and that's the beautiful thing right because then i don't have to worry so much about all that like you know, and I always joke about this, like even when I'm in like doing house concerts, I'm like, not joke about it, but I mentioned I, I, I brush it as um, I can sing songs that I wrote about apples and oranges can be placed on your hearts. Right. It's like this idea that like that's the beautiful thing about music is that you can, you know, do one thing and like try to be as authentic as you can to like write from this place and then they can take away something else completely different through their lived experience because their lived experience is not my lived experience. And so that's an important thing to grow and push yourself to write from places that are um, aligned with the seasons that you're in. And so, um, you know, I think even the impact that will happen moving forward, great if it happens. And I say this even with speaking engagements, I'm always like, look, if I inspire or encourage you, great, that's awesome. But my main objective is to challenge you. That's like the number one thing that I want to do. And um, and then I go into kind of how to challenge them. And I, and I do that, you know, in, in every situation. And so I see that even after like people that I'm that I give them like action items walking away from it. I'm saying like, you know, give, let's give this go, you know, try this for this and, and let's interact. Let's see, see what happens. And without a doubt, you know, it's, it's interesting because when you can challenge people, you can create the impact but not have to worry about what that impact is yeah i'm okay with that i'm like dude just as long as i challenged you you know and you maybe think in a different way or adjust slight adjustments or whatever and then you do what you can do to live your best life then that's great you know um and it's just freeing because then i don't have to like depend upon merits or anything else so yeah awesome I'm just kind of curious because I wanted to ask this question as well. What Would you mind sharing a little bit? What are some of the things that you've been grateful for? Mm. Uh, number one is just, um, you know, I, my, I look at my mother and my stepfather and, and both of those situations were very um, unique. They weren't necessarily, we didn't, I didn't grow up with a lot of wealth or whatever, but it was a different perspective that um, I know one thing, even if I didn't have a lot, I know that I was raised with love. And that's very important. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And even now, you know, my parents, it took them a few years to come around with with even my current journey. Right. Because like my mom did everything right as an immigrant mother that I could have been a doctor, lawyer, whatever it is, as an Asian parent. And I still felt a calling to something more that I had to even, you know, because there is nothing I wouldn't do for my mother. But there was like this vocation that I had to do that, like. You know, and, and it's heartbreaking because even in the beginning when I first shared, she was almost like, look, maybe you can be in a job that you would be completely unhappy with, but then at least you'll have health insurance and I won't lose you. 
that's the kind of stuff that's heartbreaking where you're just like, damn, I would do anything, you know, for my mother, but there's a, there's a, there's something like a calling, then you have to do it. Right. And so, um, I think, you know, I have a lot of love, um, from my parents, but also I've been very fortunate. It's almost like I've been very, you know, people comment about that a lot. They're like, you are really lucky a lot of times, like them, the type of people and the amount of people and, um, that, that uh love on you yeah that's that's pretty much it and then you know just inspiration everywhere i go it's just like i get to be to evolve as an artist and as a human being to be pushed and pulled and stretched and um and do the best that i can so those are the three things that first pop into my head in terms of I mean, there's so much to be yeah. grateful for good health you know all of that but you know people <laughs> absolutely and those experiences you've had you don't regret it one bit not at all you know um life's too short to have regrets you know I just do it and uh one step in front of the other and um yeah you know you'll attract the right stuff that's and amazing the right people how can people find you find more uh, out more about you um you know my I use uh well I, my website is jjinmusic.com j-a-e-j-i-n music.com um all my social media right now at this point in time is Music. Um, I mostly use in Instagram. That's pretty much the primary thing that I've generally been using. Um, and I, I do a pretty good job right now while I can respond to every single message and whatever I can. I, I try to use that to um, stay in contact with the followers and supporters that I have. Um, and uh, until I physically can't, I, I want to keep doing that, you know, carve out time each each day and each week to, to do that. So, yeah, you know, and, and if people want to interact have questions i'm sure there's so many uh, different things that you can talk about so um you know i'm grateful to you to give me the platform to share a little bit about my life and about the journey that i've been on i'm grateful to have you here really appreciate it Thank you. um i want to end with one last question if you're able to as as a survivor as an asian american as a musician if you're able to give one piece of life advice what would you like to give I think the life advice is really just there's no such thing as a right or wrong decision. Um, there's a decision that you make that opens doors and closes doors. But the trick in life is to just once you make the decision, don't look back. Don't stand in the doorway. Just go through the door and and look for the next door that's open and, and go through that and just keep going. Because at some point you'll get there. You know, if you know yourself and you know the mission that you're on and you and even if you don't know. You'll find yourself there if you just commit, commit to make the decisions. And like life gets really beautiful when you do that. Um, and especially even more so if you're intentional and use all five senses to really be in the moments, be in the days um, and, and inter interact with people and really be there. Get off your phone, like just interact with people, be there, take in all of them um, and, and even the experiences around. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate having you here. Thanks, brother. Appreciate yeah, you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking a moment to rate it or share it with someone that you feel needs to hear it. And be sure to check out Jajin's music at jajinmusic.com. His name is spelled J-A-E-J-I-N music. All right, that's it for this episode, and I'll see you on the next one.